Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Keyshawn Johnson, J. William Zubin Mahenti, that's K-J-Z, as we go from A to Z for a couple of big stories, one from on the court and one from on the diamond, which may be soon off the diamond. Behind 33 from Jason Tatum. Second straight game, Jason Tatum is going for a career high in the playoffs. Can I just say this, though, for Jason Tatum? Yeah. Oh, we hear somebody else talking. Uh, I love watching Jason Tatum go out against the 76ers, just understanding how that draft worked. Like, knowing the fact that Danny Ainge was able to trade down and that the 76ers passed on Jason Tatum. Like Man, Jason- the Lakers should have grabbed him at two. I'm just trying to – Jason Tatum is a superstar. He has arrived. Speaking of two, the Celtics are up 2-0. The Raptors are up 2-0 over the Nets. Donovan Mitchell was great. And the two-time reigning defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, actually had a really good offensive game. Yesterday, the Nuggets and the Jazz are split at one, and so are the Mavericks and the Clippers. Huge night for Luka, 28. On a more serious note, the Reds broadcaster Tom Brenneman suspended mid-game last night for using a homophobic slur – On the Fox Sports Ohio broadcast between the Kansas City Royals and the Cincinnati Reds, he was coming back from a commercial break in the top of the seventh inning. It was a doubleheader, so seventh inning game one when he uttered the slur. Brenneman did not seem to realize his microphone was on, and then he remained on the air, completed calling the first game, and was doing the play-by-play until the top of the fifth in in the second game when he apologized directly on camera and handed over his play-by-play duties, the Reds then later announced his suspension. This is Tom Brenneman on Fox Sports Ohio with an apology. I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the year that I am deeply ashamed of. If I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a... A man of faith, as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck for the Reds, for Fox Sports Ohio, for the people I work with. For anybody that I've offended here tonight, I can't begin to tell you how deeply sorry I am. That is not who I am uh, and never has been. And I'd like to think maybe I could have some people that uh, that could back that up. I am very, very sorry, and I beg for your forgiveness. A little bit of background before we get the guy's thoughts. Tom Brenneman is 56 years old. He is the son of Marty uh, Marty Brenneman, one of the legendary baseball announcers for the Cincinnati Reds. Marty is up there with Jack Buck, Harry Carey, Vin Scully, that class of guys. Maybe your grandfather grew up listening to them on the radio. Just a legendary voice. Tom is also called the NFL on Fox. Occasionally moves over to work with Troy Aikman on some of the biggest games in America every Sunday when Joe Buck is calling the World Series. And when Fox Sports, who you mentioned, was his employer, uh, did have the Bowl Championship series the bcs which was the national championship in college football prior to the playoff he was the voice of that the lead play-by-play voice on college football sort of during the era where tim tebow played there in the 2006-2007 era he was known as a huge proponent of tebow Keyshawn j will zubin presented by progressive insurance reese davis knows a bunch about tim tebow he'll be joining us in about six minutes the host of college game day and all of our guests join us on the shell Pennzoil performance line including reese and doris burke who will talk nba coming up at 8 30 a.m eastern time but First, let's talk to Key about Tom Renneman. You heard the last thing he said, even though he's been on our airwaves for decades in some of the biggest events in sports. He himself said 
it might be the last time you hear my voice. Well, I mean, look, at the end of the day, whatever he claimed, he guessed, he slipped up, whatever the case is, your behavior patterns are learned years ago. He's 56 years old. And even even if he, for some reason, has issue with gay men and women, transgender, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. keep it to yourself and get educated and learn about it. Learn about what it is and learn about other people's feelings. You know, I have a daughter who is gay. So I love my child. I have no problem with it at all. You know, in fact, when I learned, I'm like, oh, where your girlfriend at? Like, what, 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 what? Cause she was a little worried. She didn't know. I'm like, I don't, you mind. I don't care. Mm-hmm. The last four years I've worked with LZ Granderson, LZ Granderson out in Los Angeles at ESPN 710, four years of radio, openly gay journalist here at ESPN with us, CNN, LA Times. He got a whole bunch of jobs. By one, of the, he does. Yeah. <laughs> one of the best in the game, though. One Not of the only be- at yeah. his job, but also yeah. as a human being. One of the best. And we've gone uh, doing Pride Month. We've we've walked the streets of Los Angeles. Uh, when Black Lives Matter and LBGTQ combined, we walked the streets. We had fun. And, and so don't be afraid. What are you scared of? It's a different time. This is not 1935 for crying out loud. You know, we getting ready to be in 2021, man. You know, everybody you sitting around and you around every day is thinking different than you. You, you thinking like the stone ages. And, and so when I see people or interact with people that have that mentality, whether it's bigotry, homophobic, whatever, that's because you learned that along the way. Somebody taught you to act that way and not treat everybody equal. And it really does piss me off because it's close to home, you know, and it's just, that's how people are. And it's it, it's a damn shame, but that's what it is. You know, Keith, thank you for providing context for that because it is a learned behavior. And look, we all have friends. We travel all across the country. I hear a lot of people from the older generation that sometimes may use terminology like that in like a fun, joking type of way. And I always course correct them. I'm like, look, man, don't say that. That's wrong. That's wrong. And my thing is that I'm not going to become part of cancel culture. I'm not going to say that Tom Brenneman never needs to work again. Uh, There is a fine line that we can find here. But like my mom taught me, I can forgive it doesn't mean I need to forget, though. But it's not my decision no, whether I, to I, hire him or fire him I understand or extend that. his contract. It's not my decision. I don't have to live with that on my conscience. I'm not worried about that. My, my thing is when you deal with situations and you give excuses to why your behavior is such, instead of really saying to yourself, you know what, I need to check myself at the door mm-hmm. and realize we're living in a different time and you're still in a time warp like you're in a time machine or something, not only him, but we also had an issue uh, with the announcer. The Hornets broadcaster, John Fokey, who got caught typing a racial epithet on a text message key. That's what you're right. Yeah, the the slur, which is which is ridiculous. Now, every excuse could be, well, you was close to the eye and I really meant to spell nuggets. And that's all cool. I got a damn iPhone and most of America do or some sort of. Smart communication. It's right. called predictive text. And we know. By the way, with the iPhone, it's called predictive yeah, text yeah, for there, a reason. There you go. Right? It, if you, it, I, I tried to type in the word nuggets multiple times, and I typed the I 
I said N I G G G. And what did it, it give you? Night? It gave me nuggets again. Oh, it didn't, okay. it didn't give me the N I G, that word. It didn't give me that word. It gave me nuggets. So, I, that, I, I but hear, that's because you on, don't have that in your text saved or anything like that. It's not. It's not there where you've used it multiple times. It's not like you're writing what and then you just go W H and then it bam. It's not. You had to have put that there. I understand. And I, I we're. On I don't want to hear no damn excuses about I made no mistakes. We're on the same page. You know, I look. It, it's um, these things are difficult to deal with. I appreciate both individuals and their apologies. It doesn't let us forget. And I think these are learning opportunities. Right. And one of the things I, I will continue to preach is that, you know, every day that we come here to our jobs, you can't fabricate who you are, who you portray to be on air can't do it on on radio. That's who you have to be all the time. We no longer live in a world where you can be something on TV and then be something behind closed doors. No stuff gets called out. So, you know, if that's proofreading. If that's owning something or, or trying to force yourself to change, I'm not giving excuses for it. I'm not saying you I are. Know, but your smile is the that, reason. That the sword. reason I'm smiling is because if anybody tried that, shame on them, man. Don't give me no. I made a mistake. Proofread. I really didn't mean. Because you got to go through the whole thing and you got to see it. You I have to see it. I don't know it, it, when you're texting. You're going to read your text and say. Okay, let me make sure that this is right. But I'm not saying like, all right, so it, I have it wasn't just questions. one. It wasn't just one word that was sent. I have follow questions. Zubin, you can help me with this because you always provide context. Did he delete it automatically? Do we know that? We, we should ask our producers. That. All right, we, we don't should ask our that. producers. We need to find that out. Yeah. Because if he deleted it automatically, like you are entitled to make mistakes. The mistake was grand and it was horrible and it's a messed up thing. I know we don't have patience for that. But if you delete it automatically, you own a mistake. Like I, I, I do want to find some middle ground here because I'm not saying that's who he is as a person. He may have also made a mistake too. And I know it's predictive text. I, I, I don't. I don't. I know. don't know him, Jay Will. I hear and you. I don't know anything about the man. I feel the you. The only thing that Mr. Joseph Keisha. Sean Johnson know is that it was sent and he got caught. He got caught with his hand in his grandmother's cookie jar. That's all I know. Both when guys, he was told not to go into the cookies. Can I call you Joseph from now on? If that's what you I feel. I did not know your first name was Joseph. Yeah, but I don't really go by that. I thought it was me, Sean. But, but that's, I'm calling you Joe. <laughs> well, whatever it decide. But at the end of the day, I don't like it. Both guys. I don't like it either. I'm with you. I don't like it either. I don't think you like it. <laughs> you better not. I you, don't like it. If you like it, then I'm going to have We got to, some bigger problems yeah, here. Yeah, I'm going to have to go talk to a few people that's in charge around here if you like that. <laughs> I should just quickly mention no definitive resolution moving forward. You heard Brendan say he's not exactly sure what his bosses are going to do. But for the moment, the Reds have suspended him and... Uh, the Hornets have suspended Folky. So just wanted to mention that for purposes of context for where we stand right now. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin reminding you to check out ESPN Audio at Home by telling Alexa to play news from ESPN. ESPN Audio at Home is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes from customization and service to financial assistance. Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything.
That's a tough reality to be in. There's no question about it. Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten yesterday, penning an open letter saying, even though there is some public pressure and the league's most identifiable superstar, Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields, put forth a petition with 280,000 signatures asking for the immediate re-implementation of the 2020 season. His letter essentially said, we are not revisiting it. We put a deliberative process over. We trust our medical experts. Maybe we'll see you in the spring. It's amazing key to me. This guy became the commissioner of the Big Ten. You've got John Swafford and Bob Bowlesby. These guys are grizzled veterans. They've been around for decades. <laughs> Kevin Warren comes from the NFL. He takes the job in January, right when the coronavirus hits. Then he's got to deal with the Big Ten basketball tournaments canceled. Then he's got to deal with March Madness being canceled. Then he's the first guy of the five that essentially says we're going conference only. Then he's the first guy of the five key that essentially says we are postponing. He's been on the job for eight or nine months and he has shown some leadership, whether you agree or disagree. And there's obviously a huge divide here. He's shown some leadership right out of the gate in this job. But that's why he got the job to begin with, because whoever made the decision to hire him said, okay, he knows what he's doing. And and he's gotten some pushback from people on social media. It's been brutal though. Yeah, but I mean, he's social media. I don't pay attention to that. You crap. got a lot of trolls on that stuff. We're going to be joined for a little perspective now by Reese Davis, ESPN college game day host and been hosting college football in totality for over 20 years. Here. RD. And obviously he's worked with Jay for so many years on the basketball version of college game day. And he joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Uh, Reese, you just heard what Key and Jay essentially said about Kevin Warren essentially putting his foot down and saying there is not going to be a Big Ten season despite any pressure. What are your thoughts on that the day after this letter comes out? Well, I'm not surprised by it because Zubin, you know, once you make a decision like that, it's extraordinarily difficult, absent some huge change in, uh, you know, the discovery of a vaccine or whatever it might be, some uh, foolproof treatment to allow you to say, you know, um, one day that your medical concerns are going to keep you from trying to proceed and then to turn around a few days later just because of pressure and say that you're going to play. So I'm not I'm not surprised at all by that. And I thought you were making an excellent point at the beginning. And I don't know Kevin well, but I did spend some time around him at the Rose Bowl about the time the transition was happening from Jim Delaney to Kevin Warren and really impressed with him as, as a guy and as a leader and as you know, uh, a person who could do a great job as commissioner of the Big Ten. But this is, you know, this is a really difficult circumstance that he's been placed in. And, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't wish anyone to follow a legend like Jim Delaney and then step into this type of situation. And I think the thing that has been uh, most unusual to me looking at the Big Ten has been the lack of unity about the decision. Now, you're not going to have any conference that is always going to agree with every decision that uh, the presidents or the presidents in conjunction with the commissioner make. Um, But most of the time, historically, the Big Ten has been able to keep it in-house. And that has been the one thing that surprised me about the uh, about this situation. R.D., you know, you and I have talked sports so many times. Do you think ultimately it was the right decision? Because even when you look at the state of Ohio, you got the bear, uh, you have you know, Cincinnati Bearcats that are playing. You have, you know, the Bengals that are playing. You have the Browns that are playing. You have Ohio State high school football that's playing. Ohio State's the only team not playing. Do you ultimately think it's the right decision while all these other conferences decide to move forward? 
And it's, well, the thing is, Jay, is that I don't know that they have decided to move forward yet. They're just continuing to progress. And that's one thing I think that Greg, Greg Sankey has done extraordinarily well is that he has, he has pointed out that is our goal. It's what we're trying to do. We're taking the next step. And so I think it still remains to be seen whether it happens. If you ask me if I think it's going to, I do. I think that ultimately uh, those those three conferences in the Power Five and, and the others who are still progressing toward that will will try to play. Um, you know, so I, I looked at it like this. It's hard to say right or wrong decision. I'm not trying to sidestep your question. I, I think it might have been wise to continue – uh, to extend the time frame a little bit and see if situations put them in position to play at the end of September. Now, one of the big things that apparently influenced the Big Ten presidents and ultimately this decision uh, was the concern over myocarditis. Now, I'm not a physician, but I think we all saw over the weekend that at least one of the papers that apparently that that they relied heavily upon you know, used subjects in the study that were all in there you know, for the overwhelming majority of their mid-40s or higher. There aren't any college football players in that category, you know. But I'm sure it wasn't the only thing in terms of uh, heart ailments that they relied upon. If possible, I think it might have been more prudent to say, okay, let's see what happens when some students get back on campus. Is the outbreak manageable? Because we're not in a position, guys, where we're going to have 0% positive test that's not going to happen you know so you have to say is it manageable does it get out of does it get out of control so i i think it would have been wiser to delay but they made this choice and i i think uh, you know reasonable minds and reasonable not mine but i mean reasonable medical minds can differ on uh, evaluating uh, the risk management Reese, I think you and I are aligned in this respect in terms of college football for the spring and how irresponsible it would be if they continue to talk about it, not even necessarily talk about it, but try and get it up off the ground. Um, Why do you think that they're still trying to maybe move it to spring? Keyshawn, I think it's almost, I mean, look, the easy answer and the cynical answer is money. And, of course, that's part of it. There's no question. But I also think that there are well-intentioned individuals who want the season to be played, who want to give the players an opportunity, you know, to play for Ohio State and play for Michigan and play for SC and to, you know, and to be able to experience that season. But what I've said, what I maintain, and I spent a pretty good bit of time last week talking to you know, medical people from concussion specialists to sports science people to, you know, medical staff just trying to say, say, look, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong about this. I haven't found anybody who feels that way. Now, there are some very well thought out plans that Jeff Brom laid out a very well thought out plan. But as I went through that and talked to talked to some people about it, it still doesn't address all the concerns that I have about the intensity of game-like collisions, that number of them in a short period of time, uh, being able to uh, not only give guys enough recovery, you guys understand this far better than I do, but not only recovery time, but time to train their bodies to put them at less risk, not only of concussions, but of other things that wear and tear of, uh, of a season, even, even a short one the impact that it's going to have on the body. And then even beyond that, one of the things that someone brought brought up to me was you're also almost for the younger players who might be in a developmental stage. And that look, I understand it's tough. You got to produce and all that. 
Yeah, you're lessening the time that they get to develop and instead uh, turning that into game prep time. But, you know, these are these are very different times. So, you know, maybe that's not at the forefront of the reasons. But I just I just can't get my head around Keyshawn talking so much about player safety as we have over the last number of years and then wedging that number of games into a short period of time, even if you reduce the contact further in practice, which is, as, as you know, probably carries its own problems because you still have to have some contact in practice so that you have safer contact in the game. It's fair? Yeah, I mean, that's very, fair, right? Very fair. I'm with you totally on that. Yesterday we had Coach Mac Brown, North Carolina, on with us, and he and he talked about the, the unity in the Power Fives, and, and you know, he's saying there's not much that's there. Is this something that could hurt ultimately the sport that there's no major unity there? Well, I think this is one of those things that you need to be careful what you wish for because of this. Up to this point, college football has been very well served by the by the power conferences leading the way, particularly financially. It, it led to the to the start of the BCS. It led to uh, you know it led to the start of the college football playoff. And really, it has its origins back in the Supreme Court uh, ruling in the '80s that the NCAA didn't have to control the television rights. So you know, all of those things have served the growth financially and in popularity of college football very well. And as my buddy Ivan Mazel pointed out recently, nobody gives up power willingly. And, you know, right now those conferences have power. And if you want unity or a commissioner, so to speak, or a leader of that, or uh, I do not think you will see them handing over that power to the NCAA. But if you want that, then somebody's giving up power. And that's that's not – common uh in in life really for anyone to do that so i I do think there could be some benefits to it because in situations like this but i do think it's also fair to point out that that it has served the sport in growth terms in many facets very well reese i gotta tell you either you're going to start the season on september 12th we'll start the season on september 26th depending on what your favorite league is or no start date for two of them. Really appreciate the perspective this morning. Thanks so much. All right, Zubin. Uh, congratulations on the show, guys. You guys have uh, good luck with everything. Thanks, All right. All right. That's Reese Davis, ESPN's College Game Day. Still to come, Doris Burke will be on the call for two NBA games today in the bubble, including the one involving the Milwaukee Bucks. How much trouble are they in after one of the most stunning losses we've seen in quite some time? A double-digit favorite going down to the Magic. DB is next, but Key is up first. Indeed knows you still got big goals for your business. So you need to hire people who will make the re- a real impact. Indeed can help you find high-impact hires faster without any long-term contracts and with more efficiency use for your budget thanks to their superior flexible payment options. Indeed is giving you a free $75 credit for your first sponsored job post so you can get in front of more qualified candidates fast. Get ready to hit your hiring goals with Indeed.com slash high impact. That's Indeed.com slash high impact. Terms and conditions apply.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. She's got a great Twitter handle. It's HeyDB, so we might as well say, Hey, DB, good morning. It's Doris Burke who will be on the call for two games today, Indiana, Miami, Orlando, and Milwaukee, and she joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. She'll be on the call with Mark Jones. Always great to speak to DB. Doris, first things first, we just kind of mentioned the Sixers there. They seem to be reeling. My partner, Jay Williams, thinks it's the beginning of the end for Brett Brown. Down 0-2 to a streaking Celtics team. What have you seen, or maybe better put, what have you not seen from the Sixers? Well, I'm going to start with the Celtics because I thought they played with a level of desperation. They played with a te- like a team that knew Gordon Hayward, one of their playmakers, one of the guys who gets off the dribble and touches the paint and facilitates for other people wasn't there. Listen, there have been concerns about the Sixers all year. Frankly, there were times that they underachieved. I don't think you can avoid this. The personnel changes that were made, Al Horford uh, coming in, signing Tobias Harris to a long-term deal, have not worked out. You know, obviously, Joel Embiid is not as comfortable without J.J. Redick. Think about how consistently they ran that two-man game and how comfortable and confident Joel was there. And I did not hear what Jay said about Brett Brown, but this goes to Jeff Van Gundy's point that he always makes. When we evaluate coaches, we should be coincidentally evaluating the general manager at the same time because those two things go hand in hand. Um, and, and frankly, I just I'm not overly surprised at this because it's been a consistent theme for the for the Sixers all year, sort of very up and down play. Joel has has signaled to me in his comments on J.J. Reddick's podcast. And then as this series has gone through its first couple of games, um, you know, his feelings about where the team is and and. You know, just I think it's hard to win when you don't seem to have your star completely bought in. Doris, you mentioned the word comfortable and confident. I think the antithesis of those two words would describe Brett Brown in his post-game virtual Zoom press conference afterwards after they go down 0-2. I want you to listen to it and react. He was asked, simply put, where does this team go from here? You make sure you hold the spirit of a locker room. You make sure that the group understands there's enough character and there's enough talent in the room to regroup. If the planet were normal, you'd be going back to Philadelphia, and they did what they should have. And uh, the message is is, is some level of belief. And um, what I said I mean, I think that there is enough character and there's enough talent in the room to respond. Doris, some level of belief? What do you think here? 
Yeah, I think obviously you're pretty shaken, not necessarily Brett alone, but the team itself. Listen, Matisse Seibel gets the start for Ben Simmons. Let's let's remember that this is a team that is down Ben Simmons, who over the course of the regular season, 990 times guarded an all-star. So they, they put him on whoever was the all-star for the opponent from positions one through four and occasionally five in switching situations or whatever they might need if Joel is off the floor. You know, you are missing an elite defensive presence and somebody who helped you put pressure at the rim and create easy shots and transitions. So I don't want to underestimate the loss of their second all-star. Um, but Matisse Thibel goes one for two. Jo- uh, Tobias Harris goes four for 15, 0 for two. Al Horford, two for three in 23 minutes. I mean, guys, if that is the level of production from some of the key rotation players, you're going to have a hard time beating the Boston Celtics. And you couple that with the fact that the Boston Celtics were the team with the 1-0 lead and played with more urgency, it's going to be hard to win. It's going to be very hard to win. DB, Jay Williams here. One of the reasons why I always love talking to you is every time you and I are off camera, we always have practical, reasonable conversations. We have those same conversations on camera, by the way, too. And I, I wanted to ask, you know, unfortunately, who falls on the sword first here? Uh, because you're not going to break up Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Elton Brand obviously has constructed this roster that doesn't really work or doesn't seem to fit. Obviously, you may mention of J.J. Redick not being there, which helps relieve the pressure on Joel Embiid. Is that Brett Brown? Is he the first one to fall on the sword? Well, unfortunately, in the in the NBA, Jay Williams, you're all too familiar with this. Yes, you know, typically the first person uh, to to suffer the consequences of underperformance is the head coach. Uh, but again, I am, I make the same point I started with in my first sort of diatribe on this is that you, it's unfair to evaluate just Brett Brown alone, right? Like. I don't know how much sway he has in those personnel decisions, but certainly you need to look no further than what Jimmy Butler has done with the Miami Heat and the way he closed game one back-to-back threes against T.J. Warren when he checks back into the game with 7.57 left. There was one closer on that floor, Jay Williams, hmm. and that was Jimmy Butler. And think a year ago, the Sixers were a game seven shot away a ridiculous bounce from going to the NBA finals. So, you know, it's the personnel changes are real. The personnel challenges are real. The lack of cohesiveness and, uh, you know, whatever the situation is between Joel and Ben Simmons is real. Um, this is a team that has been up and down all season. The, the huge disparity between home record and road record speaks to a lack of, to me, uh, a number of things on the road. You know, there's there's a process to winning on the road. There's experience. There's a required toughness and togetherness that obviously the Sixers didn't have throughout the course of the season. But, yes, you know the answer to this. The first place they look typically is that head coaching position. Is it fair? No, absolutely not. But is it the, the way it is in the NBA? Yes, it is. Doris, we – just fixed the 76ers problems for game three. Tell me how we can fix the Lakers problems for tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Good morning, Keyshawn. Um, Listen, you know, I'm not going to overreact because for too long I have watched LeBron James be brilliant and face every circumstance imaginable, um, you know, in a playoff. I was there on the road in Boston when that, you know, that 
trio was hanging by a thread and LeBron goes absolutely nuts on the road at, at the Boston Garden. But their flaws are real. When you are able to take them out of transition, when they are having to execute in a half court, um, the lack of shooting has been significant all year. And, you know, we talk about guys like Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who had been so good all season long. There is a difference making shots in the regular season, and I'm not just pointing to KCP. You can look across the roster, Danny Green, Alex Crusoe, all of them. The crucible of the playoffs is a different feeling. The weight of those shots, whether you're having a, you know, a cushion of five feet because LeBron and AD draw so much defensive attention, the fact of the matter is those shots are weighty. It feels heavy making those shots. And their lack of shooting is real. Their, their difference in, in how they feel offensively is real when you force them to play a half-court game. And, and we talk about the length and the toughness and the elite rim protection that they provide, and that's true. You are also missing that point of attack defensive player who is so disruptive, who, uh, you know, look no further than Avery Bradley. When they were playing their best and they beat the Clippers and Milwaukee back-to-back, his, his point of contact disruption and his shot-making in those two matchups were significant. Um, but, but again, uh, I think... I think a couple things. I think there's so much pressure on LeBron and, and AD to be great every night. I'm going to go back to something I said um, yesterday. Frank Vogel at some point this year, and I don't remember exactly when it was, guys, had talked about Anthony Davis and how significant his three-point shooting would be to the ultimate long-term success of this team. And that jump shot is pretty and it's pure and it's fluid, but you're asking so much of him on the defensive and offensive end. Like, that's a storyline to watch. Can he continue to space the floor in the half court with his three-point shooting? Because I know how valuable Frank thought that would be, not in this series, but I think ultimately to winning a championship. So it's something I'm kind of keeping my eye on as we wear on in this series. Doris, thank you very much. Double dip coming up for you. There's four games on ESPN today, and then we'll squeeze in the draft lottery to see if LaMelo can go to the Knicks or Wiseman can go to the Warriors. We'll see what that order is for the teams that aren't battling for the NBA 74th championship. Big day of hoops and a big day for you, and it's always great to have you with us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. DB, thank you. Thanks, DB. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Good luck with the show. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you so much. She's the best. No doubt She's about it. She's the absolute best. No doubt about it. So in terms of best, we're going to do NFL long-term, short-term, no-term. Essentially, who's the best option at quarterback from a triumvirate of guys? That would be your NFL long-term. We'll have another guy that he can get you through. He's your short-term. And then another dude you want nothing to do with. Wait till you see the guys weigh in on that. NFL quarterback talk is on the way. But first... Jay has this from DraftKings. DraftKings. It's playoff time in both basketball and hockey. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action. With millions in prizes throughout the week, there is no better place to make it rain. There's no better way to put your sports knowledge to the test than to compete for millions of dollars in prizes throughout the week. Millions, people. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code KJZ to play free with your first deposit today. That's promo code KJZ only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We're rolling on. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented yeah, by Progressive Insurance. If you asked me who that was, I couldn't tell you, but... <laughs> you were rocking out to it, though. Yeah, but I don't oh. know the artist. Do you know the artist? That's I Jay- don't. That's Jay-Z. Oh, no, that's old school now. Jay-Z did the remix of that. My fault. I'm about to say, that don't sound nothing no, like But Jay-Z Jigga. did a re- remix of that I, song. I understand that, but you said it matter of fact, I like, know. oh, that's Jay-Z. Well, because like, I heard uh, the beat, you know. Yeah, don't yeah. sound like a jigger to me. That was such a millennial <laughs> comment. That's on me. <laughs> All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including the Chargers head coach, Anthony Lynn, who will be here at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And while we're on the NFL tip, let's have a little bit of fun and a reminder Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, and we're brought to you by Chase. So we'll wait to see exactly what we want to do with Coach Lynn. I think one of the first things we'll have to ask him is obviously he contracted the coronavirus, but that'll be some serious NFL talk at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Right now, let's have a little bit of fun. It's a game we call long-term, short-term, no-term. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to give you three quarterbacks, and we've got three categories, right? Long-term, short-term, no-term. Long-term's a three- to four-year guy. He's, you're comfortable with him. You can win with him. Short-term, couple years, maybe he's our transition guy. Maybe we've got to wait to see. And a no-term guy is a guy we kind of got to write off. You've kind of seen enough to know he's not your dude. All right? So those are the categories. Long-term, short-term, no-term. Guys, we'll start with these three. Classify each one. Cam Newton, Ryan Tannehill, Gardner Minshew. Key, mm. which one of them is long-term? Which one of them is short-term, and which one of them the least desirable no-term? Well, I think when you look at it, Cam Newton, for me, being with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniel is the long-term answer for the three to four next three to four years because he is still relatively young 31. in the quarterback, quarterback era. Guys are playing well into their late 30s at this position. Now he gets an opportunity to show what he can do with his talents. He stays healthy. The New England Patriots have an opportunity to win the division and get themselves back into Super Bowl contention. In terms of short-term, I think – you know, short term for me would be both Gardner Minshew and Ryan Tannehill. I don't want to. You can't I don't pick wanna, both. Hold on, man. Be quiet. This is my deal. I don't <laughs> want to. You know, I, I Gardner Minshew to me seems like a 
more of a no term where Ryan Tinnehill, based on what Tennessee wants to do with their offense and style mm-hmm. of play, right. play defense is more of a short term situation where Minshew becomes a no term because Jacksonville will be in a quarterback market again. Trevor Lawrence looks like they could be in his future. All right, Jay, what do you think? So I would go Cam with short term only because okay. injuries. And the way they use him in the red zone coming off that injury, how, how will he handle things in the Bill Belichick system, I, I think is a big-time question. I would go, and I, I hear what Keyshawn's saying, I would still go Ryan Tannehill long-term. Just he signed that four-year $118 million contract, comeback player of the year. Uh, I hear what you're saying on the, the draft coming up and Trevor Lawrence, things of that sort. And unfortunately, Gardner Minshew will have to be, even though his 3.5 pass uh, TD to interception ratio is the highest it's been since Dak Prescott when he got Rookie of the Year. I still have to go no term with him. Shout out to the Mississippi mustache, Gardner Minshew. All right, next three key. You ready? Now, now this three is interesting because I want to know where you're going to put Baker Mayfield. To me, that's the most interesting of this triumvirate. Baker, Jameis Winston, and from L.A., your guy Jared Goff. Well, here's what I would say with Baker Mayfield off the top of my head. He's a short-term answer. Got a new coaching staff and a new coach in the system that he can learn from over the next couple of years. He certainly has weapons with OBJ and, and Landry. You know, Chubb in the backfield once healthy. You, so you, you feel good about that. Then on a long-term situation, Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints – Bring in Jameis Winston, who can learn how to play the position from a real quarterback guru expert in Sean Payton. Then when you mention on a short-term basis, yes, they gave him a whole bunch of money in Jared Goff. And Jared Goff certainly has played solid in L.A. at the quarterback spot. But he also has given you moments where he's regressed a little bit at times where you kind of say, well, I don't really know. I think you overpaid too soon opposed to kind of just waiting to see. Now, he may turn it all the way around and all of a sudden the Rams are back in the Super Bowl again. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, though. It's a great point because they went from the Super Bowl to missing the playoffs. We'll see what So you went no term for, for Goff? Yeah. Okay. What do you got? Baker, Jameis, and Goff for Jay. I, I would have to go no term for Baker. Just that 59.4 completion percentage was only ahead of Josh Allen last year. Mm. And that's not good. And there's so much that comes with Baker. I hope he can turn it around. Right. But I feel like there's so much that comes with him as a leader. Uh, I would go with Winston as far as long term, just because for all the same reasons Key just mentioned, it's just the size, the frame. I mean, that, the whole eye situation of him seeing correctly in the field, regardless of whether you want to think that's imperative or not, I, w- I would assume that as a QB, seeing the field is pretty important if he's able to fix that. <laughs> and then I would go as far as no, no term, I would just have to go with uh, golf, obviously, that QBR last year going from 65 to 49, that was a pretty big drop. Let's rush through this one. Um, we got to be a little quick, but these are the most interesting Uh-oh, three I because hear this of one. their age. Okay, Kyler, he's cute. He don't like small QBs. Opposite of Kyler, I'm going with the old guys. Brady, Ooh. Breeze, Ben. Oh. Well, I would go. I would go long term. Tom Brady. Tom Brady wants to continue to play football. They got a, a winning type team that can do some stuff over the next three to four years. Brady doesn't seem to be slowing down whatsoever. Then, when you want to go on the short term, and the only reason why you go short term with Drew Brees is because Drew Brees is looking toward going into the booth with NBC and his future contract. Right. They're not going to sit around and wait for him that much longer. And I don't know how much longer he wants to play. Big Ben on the other answer, short term. And here's why Big Ben is short term is because. They've never really addressed the quarterback issue behind Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. Big Ben is sitting right there. If he can stay healthy, he too can play a number of years in the National Football League beyond that. They had an opportunity to take some guys in free agency that was there, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton. 
They decided not to because they don't want to put the pressure on Ben. They didn't really address it in the draft. I think he's there for a couple more years. You, you can't be that person that chooses two short terms. That's not how the game That's works. That's not what I said. I thought you said Drew ahead. Brees. I said Breeze is a no term. Oh, I thought you said short term. Open Real quick, up guys. them ears, They're boy. open. Coming up, a guy that's coaching the SEC and the ACC. Always on those to get in the middle. Still playing. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.